heard of a creature that was six and a half to seven feet tall. The CIA ran secret mind control experiments. It's a tale of a creature that's been seen by many, but believed by few. And experts say there have been reported sightings of paranormal activity. And there was this creature and it ran down this hill. They say something was flying over their house and they have no idea what it was. How the world's most powerful individuals are actually shape-shifting reptilians. My scariest ghost hunting experience. Good evening. It's Tuesday night. This is Paranormal IRL. I'm your host, JV, along with co-host Britt Griffith. Britt, have you ever been tricked into clicking on something online that turned out to not be what you thought it was going to be? And as I'm asking you that question, I'm about to break out in complete laughter because I am absolutely sure you have. Even though I can't hear you, uh, I am absolutely sure you have. Uh, Did you mute yourself or something over there? Because I can't hear you. Hey, it's JV here. You know I've asked for your support in the past, and I'm going to do it again because it's really, really important. And there are a couple of ways you can support the show, and it's so inexpensive. Now, you can go to Patreon, and you can become a Patreon supporter, and we really, really encourage that. But there's also another way. If you look at the description of the podcast, if you're a podcast listener, and you scroll down to the bottom, there's a way to support the show directly through the podcast app. And it's only 99 cents a month. It's less than a buck. You probably have that change in your couch right now. That dollar a month less than a dollar goes a long way in helping us produce this program, provide great interviews for you during the course of the week. I thank you in advance because the support is so important to the program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I did did because I was making noise, so I, I, you know, I figured I would uh, try and be professional and mute, but then I forget to unmute, but which is the way you like it was when I'm a mute. That was when I'm muted. I'm mute. But that was muted. It'd be tough to do the show. I, I could tell by the smiling and the uh, facial expressions that you may have done that once in your life. Clicked on something um, that you thought yes. was something, and it turned out to be something else. You probably ended up buying something at the same time. Uh, yeah, don't go to whitehouse.com. Make sure it's .gov. Okay. Whitehouse.com is a completely different website. Um, yes, uh, you know, uh, I have uh, I have had lizard uh, harness wings show up at my house because I remember uh, the when show that, that we used to do. Yes. Yes. Um, and, you know, I do peruse some of the more crazy websites looking for content mm-hmm. for the weird part of the show. So, yes, I do end up in some weird areas, and I'm pretty sure I'm on a really effed up CIA, NSA list somewhere. It's pretty bad. Um, I do have to say one thing, though. You know, the the opening, that damn song makes me want to dance. I don't know how you put that together or what you did there. 
But every time it comes on, I just like want to dance in my chair. <laughs> I don't know. Well, maybe but we'll have to show that live for, instead of the video that goes with it. We'll just play the music and let you dance <laughs> oh. to it. That might be fun. And let me dance to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and the other thing I got to say is that, is that you know, I, I broke my iPhone and I finally got the replacement and I am got off of work late and I'm rushing home. And I got to get the phone done, but then I got to rush in here. I feel like I'm so discombobulated right now that I'm just totally defeated okay. as to whatever I was so trying to So it's, it's another Tuesday night is what you're saying. Just like every other Tuesday. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure we're basically. clear on that. So back to the original point. So you know how you, you, you get teased with something and and you, you decide, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to click on this. So sometimes your better judgment says don't, but it's just that it's too tempting not to. That happened to me earlier today yeah. as I was pre- preparing for the show. It's not the only time it's happened, but this was a particularly odd time because the headline was uh, something about uh, – a uh, couple captures the best UFO footage ever or something like that. Oh, and- my God. If they ever put best footage or best or uh-huh. the greatest, uh-huh. you know it's a hook. Uh, I don't. I guess I'm a little naive when it comes to that. So, as you know, I'm not as as savvy in the ways of social media as you are. Uh, we've, we've established True. that. So, I clicked on it. And then I, I found it asking for for like a, a four ninety nine subscription to something, which I quickly decided. Right. You know what? We're not going to end up seeing that footage tonight because I wanted to feature that footage on the program, <laughs> but I have no idea what I had gotten myself into, so I backed out rather quickly and uh, rebooted my computer. I don't know if that yeah. does any good or you, not. You probably, but, but yeah, yeah, you probably would have bought uh, an alien blow up doll. <laughs> Don't you already have Probably one? Doesn't everybody already have one of those? I mean, I thought they, everybody had one of those. Well, I, but not you. You're a little pruder than me. I have four a of them. Pruder? But that's a Is pruder party. an actual adjective? Yeah. Pruder? I, I'm making it. I'm making it now. So one you of know, the, words are my second language. I know they are. One of the problems with tonight's show is that our guest has so many topics of interest that we can discuss with her. That when I made the title tonight, which you can see is. Uh, where is it here? Um, astral travel and alternate realms. That was like the first two things in a bullet point list of like 30 things that uh, Lindsay Sharman right. is an expert in, or at least a familiar with and has a lot of knowledge of. I'm not going to, uh, I'll let her tell us what she's an expert in. But um, there's so many topics that we're going to have a chance to talk about tonight. It's a question of how many we'll actually get to. There's a lot to chat well, the about. One, the one I ran across today when I was doing my research on her being a creeper on the internet, trying to sleuth her and figure out who she is. Who's the creeper? She or you? I, me. Yeah. Because okay. I was well, creeping I on her trying that. to figure out who she was. Okay. Why don't yeah, be clear? Yeah. I, would not, I don't know her yet to call her a creeper. She could be. I don't know. The creeper <laughs> title goes both is. ways. We're not think. a sexist show, okay? <laughs> but her depop, she has a whole thing on depopulation, which kind of fits both shows, mm-hmm. but. I, she said a few things, and then I had to go to work, so I didn't get to listen to all of it. Um, but I want to, I want to, I want to hear her ideas on what her thoughts are on this whole depopulation thing that's going on right now. Because we all know the rich elites are terrified that the peasants are going to take over, and they're trying to depopulate us with sterilizations and chemtrails and you know Bill Gates stuff. And I'm just hoping she has some. Uh, or what, what did I say? Something wrong again? I see you processing. Oh, I was trying to determine if depopulate or depopulate. I realized that you were actually correct that time, and I did not try to correct you uh you said depopulate that's oh, the right okay. word yeah okay well it seems like you stuttered you locked up on i did i wasn't like, sure for a second right. when I mean, you because i'm used right. i'm used to correcting you and when you were you actually were correct i, I was kind of frozen like a deer in headlights for a moment 
That's what happened. Didn't know what to do and whatnot. <laughs> I did not know what to do. Whatnot! I did not know what to do and whatnot. Uh, but let me introduce our guest. Lindsay anyway. Sh- yeah, Lindsay Sharman is a shamanic <laughs> healer. She's a teacher. She's recovered from severe childhood trauma in order to bring transformative teaching and healing first uh, to students in public schools and now to students of all ages and to the fans of her shows, Rogueways, and Middle Path. She offers spiritual services, healing, blessings, courses, um, and I'm not even sure what this particular word is, orgon or orgon or orgoni. She's gonna have to tell me what that is. And crystal jewelry. Origami? No, not origami. That's she makes very, cool little paper that's, things. That's very like different. A swan. Yeah. Uh, you can you can oh. ask that question. I'll ask about the the other one. Uh, crystal jewelry to empower people to uplift and heal themselves. She's author of six books and counting. A master teacher, a show host, a spiritual guide. See what I'm talking about when I had to come up with the title tonight? There's just so much. Um, An experiencer of other realms and states of consciousness who aims to continue uplifting all of herself in order to uplift the world. So with that introduction, we're very, very pleased to bring Lindsay into the program. Lindsay, welcome to the show. I hope I did it justice in in introducing you here. But what was that one word I couldn't get there? There was something, Oregoni or Oregon? What is that? I did. You did me great justice. Thank you so much. I, I also have a hard time describing to people what I am and what I do. So we're in the same boat together. <laughs> I'm like, where where would you like me to start? I don't know. Um, but it's orgone, actually. And orgone is a it's an energy. It's like the force. It's actually super rad. <laughs> it's um the life force energy that permeates everything. And other words that people might be more familiar with are prana and chi. Okay. Um, or just spirit or ether. Yeah, okay, I'm familiar with those words. Now, does the word orgone come from a particular culture? It's Wilhelm Reich's work, and and he is a very he's much ostracized as all good scientists are, That's right? right. Um, so he connected this energy to the uh, orgasm, uh, which was so not appropriate for the time, and so people just you know thought of him as a creeper. And uh, as we were talking about creepers earlier, you know he was thrown into that category as just, and maybe he was. I don't know. I wasn't there. Uh, but it's interesting that actually most cultures and traditions connect that same energy with the orgasm so he wasn't alone it was just that western culture wasn't ready to talk about wow it. when was this work being done oh gosh i think it was like 1920s or something someone's gonna correct us because i'm not absolutely positive um but yeah he developed methods of capturing and uh I guess enhancing this energy because when it comes down to it, it's literally everywhere. You're an orgone accumulator and I'm an orgone accumulator. We all, that's life force, right? It's coming through us all the time. We're doing stuff with it all the time. Uh, and when we think of our spiritual gifts like psychicness or remote viewing or any of this, you know, healing and all this stuff, that's that's all orgone too, uh, or prana or chi or whatever. So there's practices people have developed, you know, movements and meditations and all sorts of things to enhance your orgone. Uh, but he discovered seemingly that if you layered specific substances in a certain way that you could also create um, orgone. And so I wish I had some right here. I have a ton everywhere because I make it. Um, but people have gotten to the point where they make it mostly in resins. They cast it and they layer organic and inorganic materials. People get really particular about it and they're very attached to their ways of making orgone. So I don't want to start any fights by going more more specific than that. <laughs> That's fair. I, you know, I like making fights. <laughs> well, you are the creeper. Yeah, I mean, let's let's face it. Um, you know, as I was learning more about you, Lindsay, um, I know I was going to ask you how your journey started here, but I know a lot of this is rooted in in childhood uh, trauma that you went through. You wanted, I know it's difficult to talk about some of these things, but share with us what you can. 
Yeah, I, it's no longer difficult for me, but it is, um, I think it's difficult sometimes to hear or t difficult to encapsulate maybe, uh, but I basically grew up very, very poor, uh, which I don't actually think was that traumatizing until I realized other people weren't. Uh, that was I was, <laughs> I grew up very poor just for the record. Yes, you know, I, so we, you know, we didn't always have food. We didn't always have clothes. We didn't always have a home. Uh, but again, that's, I don't know if they meant to or not, but it all seemed fun to me. Like the not having food part wasn't so fun sometimes. Um, but you know, we got to go camping sometimes when we Lindsay, didn't have a house and that was, Lindsay, that was cool. I didn't grow up that poor. I, I guess my definition is a little bit different. <laughs> I always had food in a house. So now you're yeah. really starting to uh, make it clear to me what you mean by trauma. Yeah, I really, and that was, so I went to a friend's house. I love this story. She, her family had a private jet, so that's how rich they were. Oh, wow. Uh, but I didn't really know that. We were just wow. friends at school, you know? Yeah. So I went over to her house and I, I was stunned into silence the vast majority of the time because I had no idea that people lived like this. We went into her kitchen and it was literally bigger than my entire house. She had six people living in her yep. house. We had six people living in our house. Wow. <laughs> so I was like very stunned. I was like, this alone is weird. Then she just opened a drawer and it was full of food. And she said, do you want some? And I was like, what, you can just like grab food whenever you want? Like this is already <laughs> mind-blowing stuff. <laughs> That's how stunning it was for me to understand how different we, we had grown up than other people. but. Um, in addition, my father was a severe alcoholic. He was in Vietnam, uh, which is enough. He also was addicted to heroin there. He oh, quit heroin, actually, which is amazing to me. Uh, but he that's, that's retained. Tough. Yeah, I mean, that's like, that's unlikely. Uh, so kudos to him for yeah. that. But of course, your trauma when you're murdering and you know how unjust this war is and the lies that got us in there all that he knew all of that uh so he was deeply traumatized by that as well so he came back just super screwed up and he just drank and drugged himself to an early death when i was 11 compounding the trauma so i, I watched him slide into that which was traumatic as well um you know so there was all these things and then when he died i just all right, this world, that, nope, it sucks. Like, everybody can F off and I'll just uh, slide into oblivion and a slow, dark descent. And <laughs> so that then compounded my trauma because I went that path for a while. Uh, so it's it was a lot. It was a very traumatic childhood in many, many different ways. And I, I definitely added to it by being very destructive for a time. You know, I always felt, and again, I guess my my level of poor was a little different than yours because I did always have the basics. The necessities were always there. But my both of my parents struggled. Both of them worked several jobs to, to provide those things. And I, you know, I didn't have the things that my friends had growing up, didn't have the same toys or whatever. But I learned to be happy with what I had. Did you ever come out of your childhood feeling that way i mean like you you learn to appreciate what you do have and therefore when you become more successful later in life you really appreciate that success oh totally and i i mean i look back and like a stick and some long grass was like the best day ever like we're gonna play army <laughs> a now good time <laughs> Yeah. Yep. You know, we had trees and like I we had we were actually also lucky too because we were so poor. We had gardens, chickens, goats and and a cow which were not ours, but we got to be around them and that was fun for me. <laughs> um so that was part of how we paid the rent was by letting other people throw their animals on our property, um which wasn't our property. But Anyway, so that was really fun, and I look back at that, <laughs> and I just wonder how much are kids missing these days, because 
I was forced to have a really good imagination. I was forced to spend just countless hours outside. There was literally nothing else and nowhere else for me to go or to do. Um, and kids now don't have that necessarily that option or the opportunity. I mean, it feels to people like the world is less safe. I don't know if it is or not, but people definitely don't let their kids free roam like they used to, like we did. Um, yeah. You know, so then I get kind of sad. I, I do feel like it was a really good experience in that way. And that's what I meant when I said I was I was pretty happy, actually, for a long time. I didn't really understand things weren't great until things went really bad. Um, so and I also look back at that time and I realize I was, you know, experiencing what we might call psychic connection or communication for my whole childhood. And I didn't know it. I just thought right, that that was normal. I, 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 have, I have before we get into the spiritual stuff, I do want to ask or, or comment maybe and, and get your response uh, reaction to this. But you mentioned, you know, that that you had to have a really vivid imagination. And I'm, we're, we're yeah. going to tie that into this other stuff that we're going to talk about in a little bit. But today, children are so immersed in their screens, whether it's the television, whether it's the phone, whether it's the computer, whether it's the video game, they don't need an imagination because it is thrown, you know, it's all just fed to them. So when they don't have those Program. devices, yeah, when they don't have those devices, they are lost. And I'm a parent and I'm guilty of the same damn things with my kids because, first of all, all their friends have a phone, so they, they need to have one. And, you know, you try to draw the line you try to be reserved i mean my kids I, I think turned out pretty well because i made them do things that other kids didn't do work and those guys yep. those types of things but he, but but at the same time it's a whole generation or several generations have lost the ability to imagine and to even play act or or, or develop you know their own world in their minds if you will uh because they have to be stimulated by something coming from a screen Oh, it is so much worse than we think. You know, when the well, if I get really super woo woo about it, this is actually part of the de depopulation agenda as well, because our imaginations are our most powerful tools. Uh, we don't think of them as a spiritual tool, but they are. Uh, when we talk about our third eye and visions and inner vision, that's our imagination. They're the same exact thing. Uh, so we can create with them and it can be as simple as imagining something and just, oh, that would be fun, right? That's a form of manifesting actually. <laughs> um, or we can receive uh, images in this way too or, or understandings in this way. So when they're uh, uh, dwindling in within us, those imaginations, we're losing that potential and that capacity. And, and I don't think that's an accident. Um, and it is really sad because it's also, you know, there's really simple ways to bring it back, like reading books. And uh, that also has been turned into something that is now on a radiant screen. And the radiant light is actually very bad for you. <laughs> and it deteriorates uh, your vision, uh, which is a different type of vision, but it's connected, right? And and uh, that's even being taken away, right? Books are becoming like, oh, good old clunky books. No one needs those. Let's just put it on a disc. Yeah, it's it's a bit well, of a. They want it on a disc, or they will. They wanted it. They want to digitize because then they can edit it at will. And they thought, oh, <laughs> we don't want that anymore. Whoop! Just make that disappear. Remember when they? Wow, it was 1984. They put 1984 on everyone's tablets with like without asking them. It was similar to the U2 on the Apple. Uh, yeah, did right? they? they put YouTube music on people's yeah. Uh, yeah, and I was like, they picked that book for a reason. That was no accident. They were showing you, we can do anything we want to this, actually. Wow. Um, so in real time, right? So I've never connected. I have an e-reader, but it's an e-ink e-reader. It doesn't have radi radiant light, and I've never connected it to the internet, and I'm never going to. Wow. I, I load it with a cable and plugged into my computer like a like a Luddite. Well, you know, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned, <laughs> like funny you mentioned 1984. I just ordered a... Uh, 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 
a hard copy of 1984 because I couldn't find mine, the one I had read years ago, and I want a hard copy of it, and I ordered it. Uh, that, and it came, it's it's with um, oh man, Animal Farm, the, the two Orwell books. Nice. Yeah, so I'm anxious to get those. Um, all right, so, fi- so find a question that's not related to the spiritual stuff, and this is, might be one of the most important questions. When did you become a communist? <laughs> I think I was 20... Oh, I think I was 21 or 22. Brit's looking at me like, did she really become a communist? (laughs) Or did you just insult her? No, it says here that you you were a communist for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, and I was, I was raised kind of very liberal and I was in the Puget Sound in the Pacific Northwest. So you kind of have to be almost, um, and everyone around me was right. So that wasn't weird at all. But then when I went to Evergreen State College, I was, um, definitely, steeped in communist culture evergreen is famous now of course for the brett weinstein who was fired for not participating in an optional um, day of presence day of absence thing they do every year which has to do with race and yeah so that's how that put evergreen on the map that was the college i went to for my bachelor's degree and uh we definitely were big on the communism there no one ever called it communism specifically it was just the communist ideology was woven into everything we did and i was actually lucky perhaps in that i created a lot of my own courses because i actually wanted to graduate with a degree that meant something unlike most people who go to evergreen so i knew what i was doing and the degree i was after so i constructed courses for myself so that i could do it in the time frame i wanted to i think that was lucky i think i got a little less of it i also got it from um some my sister was really deep into the uh, communist party and she had also been into it at her college, which was further north up near Seattle. Uh, and so I was very much, you know, it, it played on the heartstrings of the things I had suffered from as a child, right? No one's ever going to be poor again. Who are these rich fat cats who have taken everything from us and then left us in the gutters? We're never going to let this happen to anyone. And I'm a very compassionate, caring person. So I was like, yes, let's never let this happen to anyone again, right? And okay, how are we going to do it? Okay, we're going to do this and this and we're going to get all this and we're going to take all the funds and we're going to reclaim the government and we're going to distribute it back to everyone and then we're going to abolish government altogether and we're going to be anarchists and I was like yes that sounds amazing (laughs) right let's do it then when it came down to it eventually luckily I'm a critical thinker and luckily I have a spiritual awareness and those two things have never left me thank God thank God I just continue to use them everywhere I go and however I get there I always end up being able to see the truth eventually not always right away at first, but those two things really sprung me from that trap. You know, it really plays on, like I said, the emotions, the um, trauma I had gone through, and that's not an accident. Looking back, this type of ideology relies on the, um, especially the cluster B personality disorders, narcissism, sociopathy, uh, psychopathy, and the related, um, Oh, how did I just lose the word codependence that goes along with that and a lot of abusive and alcoholic families and that type of thing. That's like a requirement, right? You, to In order to really um, be sucked in and also to support this type of forced, uh, you know, monopolization of the political and social spheres, to be okay with that, you have to be kind of broken. Um, but like I said, I had this critical thinking still intact and I had my soul still intact. And when I found out, basically, things started to fall apart a little bit before this. I started to be like, I don't think anyone here actually knows what they're doing or has a real plan. It's all just off. It's just philosophical. But in the meantime, they're okay with like possibly burning down a building or doing something even more violent, right? Which is crazy. Um, but 
when I found out that for sure, no matter what, 100% of people that had any level of spiritual awareness or idea of their spiritual reality, all of them would be put into re-education camps. I was like, well, that's me. And they're like, yeah, I guess you'd be in the re-education camp then. I'm like, that's insane. Because I was kind of okay with it when we were just talking about the religions that at the time I was very hateful towards. I was like, oh, they've done so much damage all throughout history. You know, this story we're told. And they have, but they've also done great amounts of good, which is the story we don't always hear. So, you know, that I was kind of okay with. But once it got to like, no, anyone who even thinks a soul exists, straight to the re-education camps. I was like, ah, okay, bye. I'm never talking to you guys again. This is weird. <laughs> I'm going to feel much better now. You know, um, Lindsay, you're doing this to me. And when I say this, I mean that you're giving me so much, so many different ways I could take this conversation that it, <laughs> I've already decided we're going to have to have you back. And I'm going to have to make like, you know, we have to have subtopics that we're going to talk about because there's so many ways to go, but I, we do have limited time. So I want to get to some of this, uh, the more uh, spiritual work that you do. But I have to tell you something. When you were listing the vulnerabilities that people like yourself had that communism and those types of political thought prey on. I was also in that list hearing the same things that negative spiritual energies prey on. It's like, yeah. it's like the same list, right? That's why sometimes I'm not always sure that there is like an actual concerted effort to depopulate and globalize, or if it is like these sorts of energies that just that's how they express. And that's what people are doing with them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it goes both ways, actually. So it's hard to see like, where's the delineation between them? You're absolutely right about that. Uh, you have to be broken in some way to participate in forcing anybody to do anything. Period. Right. And that's what all of those things come down to. So it's interesting. Yeah. So talk a little bit about your spiritual journey. You obviously we, we know how you how you grew up, what you went through as a child. Uh, we talked about you in college a little bit. But at what point did you have this spiritual awakening where you not only realized that you had gifts and you had deep thoughts on these ideas, but you decided to actually pursue it as a way to help people? Yeah, it, it's all kind of intertwined in a long, slow, you know, weaving path. But I would say one of the critical moments, at least, where I could no longer pretend that I was either going completely insane um, or that something actually really important was happening that most people didn't talk about or understand. And there's something more to that, right? It was this moment in time where I think I was about... Um, 14 or so when this started and perhaps 16 when it came to a conclusion. Um, but I, I was using tarot cards. Suddenly I went to a, a sober house uh, party, <laughs> which is, you know, such a, such a fun thing to do. And uh, someone there was reading tarot and I had never really seen tarot. Like if I had, it's like anyone else at that time where, you know, before the internet where maybe it was in a movie or two as just like a random scene of like scary witchery or something. <laughs> um, so I really had no concept of it and they were doing it and I was really fascinated. It seemed really interesting. It seemed like people were like having their futures told kind of, and I was like, this is weird. Uh, so I was waiting and, you know, every other person there actually got their tarot cards read before I did, but I finally I was like, okay, I'll do it too. Uh, so I jumped in the mix and had this tarot reading done. And um, if and if you've ever read tarot cards or know anything about them, there's a few of the deck that are the major arcana and they're the more profound and just like fundamental life shattering sort of just the bigger energy cards. And then there's the regular deck that's more like our deck of cards. 
And then you can also have cards upright or reversed. Well, when she was doing the reading for me, it's a 10 card reading. And as she's flipping the cards, she's like, oh, wow. Oh, this is crazy. Oh, my God. And each card, she was getting more and more shocked. And by the like sixth or seventh card, she was like, what the hell is going on here? Like she's oh, starting man. to freak out. Yeah. And I was like, dude, don't freak me out. Like what is happening Yeah, that's here? not what you want to hear during a reading. <laughs> no. no. Uh, and what it was is that every single card, and now that I've read tarot for decades, I really understand how crazy this was. Um, every single card was major arcana and every single one of them was reversed. And until we got to the end, all 10, there's only 22 major arcana cards in a deck of 76. God, I always mess that up. <laughs> 70 something so that's really really low odds you know i'm not a math genius but it's very unlikely and it's even less likely that every single one would be reversed so she was like i don't know what's going on with you like this is crazy like your life is crazy and every and i was like i don't know am i gonna die or something like i don't know what's happening and that was the end of the reading and then we all had to like go to sleep and then i had to live my life going like what the hell just happened <laughs> you know so there was no closure to that but i <laughs> but I got um, very interested in tarot after that. I was like, well, I want to know more. I want to I want to do my own readings. I want to, you know, look into this and find out what it's all about. So I, I got a deck eventually. I actually got the same deck. Got the books, you know, and I started giving readings to people. And people would trip out when I'd give them readings. They'd be like, how did you know? How did, like I, you know, I was telling them secrets that they hadn't told people before. And I was telling them what was going to happen or what had just happened in their lives that nobody but them knew. And, you know, so then I got this reputation as like the weird tarot girl who could read your cards at parties and whatnot. Um, so, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so then I. <laughs> <laughs> you got to tell her what that means. Go ahead and tell her. It's one of those words that you just have so... to say. <laughs> Yes. Well, so so JV is the consummate professional radio person. He's been doing it since 16, own stations, every job in between. I am the rookie, and I don't know why he picked me as a partner, but he did. But I said, <laughs> I say crutch phrases. Whatnot is one of them. And he vowed almost a year and a half ago to break me of saying it to the point where every time I say, and now anybody says whatnot, he has it on the sound deck what and not? he hits the button so that, see, so that I don't say it again. <laughs> It's yeah, worked. What not? It's really worked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it actually has. <laughs> that is a great way to and, do you it. Know, when it's he like a great person. Yeah and, what, yeah, and when he first started doing it, uh, the, the sound thing, it was like 19 times a show. He would do it. Now it's every now and then. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is, anyway. is the, as our listeners uh, will often comment, they'll say, I was at the grocery store and the person in front of me in line said, what not? And I heard Brit scream, what not? <laughs> So it's become a real thing. Anyway, I'm sorry to have interrupted you with that, but I had to do it. Oh, you're totally fine. It was good timing, too, because it's about to get darker. So oh. <laughs> I, um, oh boy. yeah, I mean, warning to anyone. It's not, it's, it's not, hor it is horrifying, uh, but it's not gruesome. It's not gory. It's just not fun to think about these things happening to people. But essentially, as I was on this tarot journey, I was giving these readings that were just blowing people's minds. And I was like, I'm, I'm really good at this. Like ego. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like 15 now, maybe. And, and I also have started to have sleep paralysis at this time. Ooh. My mind at that time, those things aren't connected. And sleep paralysis is a physical, you know, physiognomic, you know, your brain chemicals and all that. Like, that's just all it is. It's scary, but that's it. And, you know, and, and um, I actually had gone to a sweat lodge by accident, which is the same is true for all of my shamanic experiences all throughout my life. <laughs> um, and, and I was at this accident. Sweat lodge. 
my sister again dragged me to it she was like she had met some woman who had it on her property and wanted young specifically young women of like traumatic backgrounds to come and have some healing basically and i would have never ever done it like if someone was like hey do you want to go sit naked and sweaty with some ladies in a tent i'd be like what no what (laughs) what What? now somebody (laughs) asked brit that question if somebody asked brit that question different story i'm in <laughs> so I like I was, sweat. You know, she knew how to talk me into it. Whatever she told me got me there. When I realized we were going to go into a tent naked together, I was like, "It's too late to leave now," and I just kind of have to do this. So very glad I did, though. I I know that it was very healing for me, and I also uh received this understanding from one of the sweat lodge women who said you know you're going through something and it's terrifying for you at night and so just use this mantra and i was like what's a mantra and she's like just repeat this this phrase for yourself something like i am safe and protected and nothing can harm me i am safe and protected you know and i would just repeat that it was actually very helpful um as were all of my other accidental shamanic experiences in life so i got that that was nice so i'm having these sleep paralysis i'm doing this tarot more and more it's very crazy for people and it's very intense and 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 whatnot Oh no, I said it My again. God. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be good for me. So <laughs> So then I um also started having poltergeist like experiences. And this is where things started getting really disconcerting to me because this is again where I had to say either the world is very strange and things happen that I can't explain or I'm insane. And maybe both actually. Uh so it's going. Yeah. And I, and I also did the thing that I think all humans do, which is to explain these things away. Something really weird would happen. And I'd be like, well, it was like the wind and the sun and the, mm, I don't know, something, <laughs> you know, and I would just, I would just explain it away. So a couple of things that happened that I couldn't explain away. And this is where things all started to sort of come to a head. Uh, and one of them was this flashlight. You guys, we had these rechargeable flashlights in the nineties and they were, um, very different than they are now, perhaps, but mine plugged into the wall, of course, and when you took it out, you had to depress a button, not near the plug itself, then plug, the plug like went back into the receptacle fully, mm-hmm. and when it clicked, yep. you could release the button, then you could turn the flashlight on, right? All those things had to be done in that order. Well, this flashlight fell off the wall and turned on, Ooh. and at first I was didn't even think of it, and then I picked it up and realized the plug had somehow gone all the way back in and how could that happen? And I kind of just like dropped the flashlight and ran out of the house because that didn't make sense to me. <laughs> right. And so that that left me like, what is happening? And then I started remembering all the other things that were just moving around me and like doing weird stuff and doors closing that I had all explained away. But that one I could not explain away. How did you depress the button and turn it in? And just in the t- second it took to fall and hit the ground and turn it on all of that at once. So uh, that freaked me out. Then one night, very soon after I was home alone, I was on my computer and under my computer, my dog would sit and he, you know, kind of near my feet. And uh, that was just our routine. And I was playing solitaire or something. And I started just getting that feeling that all of us have had that someone's watching me, but I'm home alone, Mm -hmm. you know, so no one's watching me. But I keep like even turning around to see like, this is so weird. I just like had this feeling like someone's here starting to freak me out. And then I I got really, really cold. And I was like, how did it get that cold so quickly? That's also very weird. And I'm like, I'm kind of scared right now. So it feels like someone's watching me and the house just got really super cold. And then my dog wakes up and he comes out from underneath the um, desk and he looks right behind me, the place where I keep looking, feeling like someone's watching me. And he starts growling. 
I get chills even now because this dog, even if any dog did that, it'd be freaky. This dog, I literally, in the 12, 14, however many years I'd had him, had never heard him growl once in any situation ever. So that freaked me out even more. Like something really bad is right there. We both feel it. He sees it or something can growl at like, And so I ran to my room and jumped under the covers, which is the eternal place of safety yes, for all people. <laughs> yes, yes. That thing, impenetrable. Yes, it is impenetrable. <laughs> it's impenetrable. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I sat under my bed terrified with my dog. I made him come in with me. I fell asleep and, you know, I forgot about that event. Um, but it was it was within a night or two of that where the whole time I'm sitting here going, okay, so how do I tell people that I think there's like a ghost or something in my house? I don't even really believe in ghosts and things, and I don't know what's happening. And I just kept thinking, it'll just go away, right? It'll just go away. Still having never connected this to my sleep paralysis. So one night then I go to sleep. I'm sleeping. I wake up at sleep paralysis for like the hundredth time in my life. So I'm doing my mantra. I'm safe and whatever I would say at the time. And then I realize I can see. And then I think, well, that's weird because my eyes are closed and I can't move. And then I realized I could see in any direction I wanted to. And now looking back, I'm like, this was my first out-of-body experience, right? But at the time, I had no idea what was going on, except my body couldn't move and then I was out of my body. But I couldn't, I didn't really have the words of the ideal. I didn't understand how to even think of that. I just knew I could see my room and it was my room and that it was real time. I could hear like the TV in the other room, you know? And I'm like, this isn't, this is like realer than real, actually. So it was very strange. And then I felt that feeling that I had felt, you know, a few nights before of this, like dark energy possibly watching me or whatever. I felt that. And then I heard my dog whining and scratching at my door. And then I saw a black mass of just formless sort of um, smoke come through the door. This this is all while you're in that state, right? Yes. Exactly. Um, But I also was, you know, clearly my dog, again, knew this thing was there and coming. He doesn't scratch and whine at my door. Like that does not a thing he had ever done before, but he did it right as this thing is coming through the door as though to say, oh my God, I wish I could come in and protect you from whatever this is, or please wake up and, you know, I don't know. He knew, it seems. So I'm looking at this black mass and I'm like, oh, this is the thing that's been throwing things around the house. This is the thing that was there the other night that freaked me out, that freaked him out. And I'm I'm scared and I'm like, cause I can't move and I don't know what to do. Uh, and then it sort of starts morphing into a little girl shape. And as it does that, I go, I'm thinking in my head, oh, this is, it is a ghost. It's a little girl ghost. You know, my, I'm not thinking about why is it black? Why has it been terrorizing me? Why is right. it throwing things in my house? Yeah. I'm just thinking, oh, it's, it's lost and it needs to get to heaven. And I always point this out to people at this point, that this thing knew that becoming a little girl shape would, first of all, lower my defenses because little girls are little girls. And second of all, it knew that I would get this ego trip about it where I would think, oh, I must be a special person who can help ghosts go to heaven. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, right? And and that's a dangerous thing to think uh, at that moment. So it started coming closer to me as I'm thinking this. And luckily, something said very clearly into my mind, very loudly into my mind, that's just what it wants you to think. And when it said that, I, I got chills. I knew that it was true. And the thing seemed to hear this as well. And right when it heard this, it started jumping towards me much more quickly than it had been moving before. And all of this happened in just a second. And I realized I was in great danger from whatever this was, or it felt like I was. And I didn't know what to do. I had nothing to do. So I said, dear God, help me. 
and dear God did help me, <laughs> it seems. And a shield literally appeared like around me, like an energy shield. And it was right before this thing got to me and it hit that shield and bounced off of it. And it was so angry. I could hear its anger in that realm and it sounded worse than anything I've ever heard before and I can never describe it precisely, but it was something like the combined cries of every person while metal is like scrunching and bombs are exploding and thunder is crashing. Like it was all the negative sounds you could imagine at once, like as a scream of anger because it couldn't get me and it had been thwarted. And that was more terrifying, I think, than the rest of it because it was like right next to me and I'm like, I don't even, I still don't even understand what's happening right now. Um, and eventually I wiggled the pinky, you know, like you do if you've ever had sleep paralysis and then I could move and then I jumped up and I ran into my mom's bed and got under the covers because that's the other that's eternal the ultra, safety. ultra safety <laughs> yes. place. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> so I'm going to let me ask you a question here just quickly. Um, the yeah. voice that you that you heard uh, that made you basically become aware of the situation. Do you think that was God's voice or some type of some type of it, uh, what, what do you think it was? I guess is a better way to ask it. I, w I will nebulously call it an ally at the very least, right? And then some people like to call that my guide. This is definitely one of what people would call my guides. But I will also say that that's an angelic energy uh, that came and that moment because it knew that there was <laughs> there was nothing else I, I didn't have faith or religion or spiritual i had a knowing of, the, of some kind that there was something you know but i lost it when my dad died when i went into that dark descent i i decided there was no such thing and there wasn't even love actually so i was slowly going back to what i had always had um, but i just didn't really have any defenses at that time against something like this and i and this force and energy knew that so um so yeah, I'll leave it at that and people can decide how they think of those types of helpers. But, uh, and I didn't know, you know, what was going on after this point. Obviously I didn't know what was going on before this point, but it was really much worse now. And now it's the middle of the night. I'm in my mom's bed. She's sleeping. She doesn't even care that I'm, I don't want to wake her up and be like, so here's what's going on with me. You know, like that's a weird conversation. <laughs> Let me tell you a weird story, mom. <laughs> Plus, I'm She's going to commit that you. Exactly. I'm like, I'm just insane. That's the only explanation because we don't have a culture or society that talks about these things, you know, so I had nothing to go off of. So all night long, I actually am then having these visions. I couldn't sleep at all. I was terrified, but I'm also having these visions that are more horrible than anything I care to describe. Nor have I ever seen anything even come close in movies to how just disgusting and depraved these things are. So I know they're not coming from me, even though at the moment I'm also like, well, I'm insane. So they are coming from me, but I, I just knew, I'm like, I can't even come up with this if I try. Where is this coming from? And I was just being tortured. Um, and in the morning, of course, I went to Geographically, school. Geographically, where's this at? This is over near Seattle in the Puget Sound is where I lived and okay. grew up. It's all still all yeah. up in the northeast or the northwest. Yes. Northwest, yes. Yeah, so I went to school. I drove to school, actually, and I, I got out. And I always like to emphasize at this point, again, to people that I had, again, that long, slow descent into darkness. I had done a lot of drugs in the meantime, um, which instantly at that moment, people are like, oh, she was crazy. And you can think that if you want. But at this moment, I hadn't. Yeah. And I and I had gone to school after, you know, days of debauchery and people had seen, you know, black eyes and just like, like the, how you do when you're not doing well. So they'd seen me in very negative, 
for years in very negative ways. I got to school that day and I hadn't been drinking or drugging or anything. And, you know, but this had happened the night before and I hadn't slept, but, you know, I hadn't slept many days in addition to all the other. Anyway, so I get to school and instantly the first <laughs> person who sees me, <laughs> they're like, oh my God, what happened? Did your dog die? Is something, did someone die? I was like, whoa, no, no one died. Like, wow, do I look that bad? And they're like, yeah, you just look like, and they like couldn't even tell me why they felt like I look. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, I just need to get to class. So I'm walking, someone else sees me, same thing. Oh my God, what's wrong with you? What happened? I'm like, oh my God, nothing, nothing happened. Like, what are you talking about? Keep walking like the third person does. And I like, can't handle it anymore. I'm like, I didn't sleep. Something super crazy happened. Everyone can seemingly see it. No one has ever done this to me on all those times I've shown up in the weirdest states. And now everyone can just see this on me. Like something is definitely wrong. So I kind of started putting it together. I'm like, my dog knew that something was there. These people seem to know that something's going on. Maybe I'm not crazy. Maybe something is actually happening to me. So I called the only people I had ever heard talk about anything paranormal. And they were super fundamentalist Christians who actually believe in demons, which is actually rare. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but most Christians don't actually believe in demons. That's, you know, that's just not part of it that they took. <laughs> so this was rare for me, too, uh, that anyone believed in demons. And um, so I called them and I told them I, I'm really in a lot of trouble and I need some help. Can I come over? And they're like, of course, skip school and come to our house. <laughs> So I did. Um, <laughs> and I got there and they were just ready. They like knew because they knew that I had done tarot cards. And so in their minds, no matter what, there was demons around me. Right. Um, and that's a, that's a separate conversation. But they were so they were like and they had been wanting to save my soul for years. This was my friend's parents. And um, so they were just so ready. So I told them what had happened. They're like, oh, yeah, you're under demonic attack. You have, you have demons attacking you. And I'm like, this is crazy. Uh, but I think they're right because I don't know what else this could possibly be. So they're like, and I'm like, okay, tell me what to do then. What do we do about it? And they're like, oh, you just pray to God. You just ask Jesus into your heart. I'm like, that sounds really easy. Can we do it right now? And they're like, yes, let's do it right now. So we did it right then. And when I said the prayer, however it goes, when I got to the moment where you say something like, you know, Jesus, please come into my heart, head to toe, full peace. Oh, wow. Head to toe, full piece. I can't stress it enough because I didn't actually know in that moment how tortured and hellacious my experience had been until it was gone and lifted off of me in a moment. And I like started crying. I was like, oh, thank God. Because <laughs> that thing, whatever it was, whatever people want to call it, and I am not attached to the word anymore. At the time, I was like, yep, that was a demon, and Jesus is the only way to salvation, and everyone needs to be a Christian. Um, and luckily I, I grew from that too. I still love Jesus and, uh, I will call it a demon and, but I know there's many other names that also fit. And so I'm just not attached to it, but that worked. And I've heard this from so many other people as well, uh, that invoking Jesus can have so many positive effects for you. And you don't have to be a Christian for this to work. Uh, and you don't have to become a Christian afterwards for it to work. And you can just, that's how awesome Jesus is. So people at this point also often think I am. A Christian and I I will say I'm a Christian and that the word Christian means to try to be Christ-like and yeah I, I think that'd be awesome if everyone did that because he seems like a pretty badass guy to me um, and clearly a powerful <laughs> spiritual energy <laughs> so ha have you ever thought about why you were um, so aggressively attacked because most people don't go through this that are in this world yes. and have issues they were so specific have you have you thought why why did they come after you so hard 
Yeah, there's a couple answers. So one is the way that girl did tarot readings way back when, this goes all the way back to that moment, uh, she did it by invoking a spirit. No, you know, attachment to like what kind or what they're into or what their goals are, like nothing about like it has to be good or true, nothing, just a spirit. So when I did that, because she has the person she's doing the reading for do it, I invited it in. So first of all, I always like to make that clear. I, I literally chose this uh, and it can't happen without that. You can't just have a random demonic attack. Sorry, um, that's not possible. We do have free will. So I did uh, with free will invite this thing in. And why such a powerful one? Because again, everyone else that night also did that. And as far as I know, none of them experienced any of those things. Um, so why did such a powerful entity come and attach to me? Well, again, going back, ever since I was little, I'd actually always been talking with source or spirit or guides. I just didn't know it. I had always been psychic. I just didn't know it. I just thought that was just normal. And people just thought I was really, really smart. I was in all the gifted programs and stuff. And I'm like, no, I think I just get told things. <laughs> like, I just know the things. Oh, <laughs> I don't, so you're a you know, cheater. I'm smart, yeah, I'm a cheater. <laughs> I'm a spiritual cheater. <laughs> so I think they knew. Wow. Like, I had this this channel and these gifts and that that would be much better served to their side than mine. Right. Or they could use so that to their they, advantage. Do you think they came after you because to use you as a tool because you were so good at it or they came at you to corrupt you and take you because they were afraid of what you could do to them if you went the other way? Both. That, those are both what they wanted, right? So they could use me as a tool to corrupt me further and detach me further from all that's good, true, and beautiful, and also to then corrupt others if possible, right? But also to keep me from doing any of the good that I could then later do the further I went on this path, um, which has been a lot now. Uh, you know, and I never sought that either, but again, life just had that plan for me, and that's just, that's just how things have gone. <laughs> I just do what I'm told, I like to wow. say now. Yeah. <laughs> <In a good laughs> what I'm told. Um, so uh, this is an out of left field question. Um, do, you, do you notice that, uh, like, if you're um, at a house and you walk by a, a, the breaker panels or if you're near, like, a transformer, like, do, you, do you feel that? Can you feel the EMF change? The, are you sensitive to that? I can feel it. I can hear it. Um, and it often malfunctions because I'm there. <laughs> a lot of electronics. Right. I have had to learn. I had to practice a lot to not have electronics malfunction around me. Um, so yes, I'm both sensitive to it and I have a large field myself, which electronics don't always like to interact with. That's interesting. It's just uh, every time we talk to somebody who's like you, they, they seem to be able to pick up on that EMF field or they're sensitive to it. They can definitely tune into it. I think yeah, that's part I, of your, your, your secret. I do. I think it's all EMF, actually. You know, this is all just spectrums and wavelengths, um, and we just have perceptions. And I also think everybody literally could do anything that I do. I don't think everyone has the desire, which is totally fine and great. Uh, and I don't know if everyone has the um, commitment that they, you know, to, to actually get to whatever point they might be um, more in alignment with their own spiritual skills and stuff <laughs> i didn't say the word stuff. <laughs> i've got my finger on the button if you do don't worry i will right. let you no. know <laughs> oh. he's hovering over it he's like oh i'm gonna come on say it please say it i'm gonna <laughs> i think he would poke me in the forehead if we were in the same room um, where are you where are you <laughs> where are you currently are you still in the north the northwest or did you are you somewhere different now 
No, I just left actually a handful of years ago in a radical shift in my life where I lost and, and got rid of literally everything and just went into a van and drove into the wilderness um, for what I thought was going to be a couple years. But then I landed here in Colorado and found my soulmate. And now I'm doing all the things I've ever dreamed of doing and more. And it's really beautiful. So glad that I destroyed my previous life. Everyone thought I was crazy again. <laughs> again. And you know, everything has everything everything has a reason, right? We just don't know Absolutely. until we do it. Um so so do you uh do you what are you doing now? I mean, what do you do with this gift that you have? How are you using it today? Well, I, I did eventually go back to tarot, which may weird some people out because for a while I definitely did not. I was like, that's how you get demons? No. <laughs> um, but I did learn eventually how to use any oracle or any spiritual gift in alignment with um, light or source or goodness or whatever people want to call it, God, um, Jesus, anything you like, uh, instead of just some random negative en energy or energy. And we all have that ability as well to align with you know, one or the other or somewhere in between. Um, so I did learn to do that first. I, I went back to tarot, but in a, in a good way. Uh, and I started offering people readings and I just did it for free and for friends. And just for a while I did that. And I also was sort of just like the spiritual counselor for people. Like they just knew that I was the person to go to if weird things were happening or if they didn't understand or if there was just a spiritual crisis in their life. So that just kind of was always there. And eventually when I, you know, released my entire past life, which was as a teacher of public school and, um, and otherwise, I, I basically was told by my guides to start doing more and I didn't really know how, you know, I'd had a lot of spiritual teachers on accident again, <laughs> a lot of sh shamans of various traditions and, and places in the world and also of Eastern traditions and, and Buddhist and Hindu and all sorts of things. I was even a Rastafarian once. So, uh, <laughs> just its own crazy story. <laughs> I really, I like, over the you place. Have yeah. I'm just interested in anything. And I'm like, oh, this is rad. Why, why yep. do you think this? What do you think? What's your traditions? Like, what are your ways? Yep. Like all, I love all of it. I love philosophy. I love anthropology. So I just kind of stumble into a lot of these things. Um, and a lot of them literally just grab me like off the street and are like, you, you need to come learn this and you need to get this healing. And I'm like, okay, sure. Let's do that now. So eventually I had all this cluster of learnings and experiences of my own demonic encounters and demonic battles and things that had prepared me unknowingly to offer services to other people and my guides told me you have to start doing this and just you know and i was like well what do i even call myself and they're like who cares and i'm like well what do i call the thing i'm doing and they're like who cares the people who need it will come and you will be able to offer them whatever they need and i i just had to trust that because it did not seem or feel right to me <laughs> i was like these these guys are crazy like i'm not yeah right you do it they will you come so i started I started offering what I called uh, healing ceremonies for people um, in which we, you know, removed and cleared out any negative energies that came up, including entity attachments or demonic uh, attachments. Those on or off? <laughs> all on, yeah. In fact, this is all remote. Okay, I do this, do this remotely. Uh, so I've never actually even done it for a person in front of me. It's always been remote uh, since oh, wow. I started doing it. Yeah, because I started doing it right in the middle of all the shenanigans this past few years. Oh, um, man. Yeah. So I was like, are you well, do sure? You think, right okay, now so do you time? think Okay, so with you doing that remote and you're able to tune in and help, do you think that when you can start doing it in person you'll be even better at it or even more connected or more detailed? I honestly don't. 
I, I've realized because at the beginning I thought this isn't going to be that powerful because we're not with each other and we often don't know each other that well and it's just been a brief connection and then it happens. But I've realized in that space uh, that I go into and that anyone can go into, there's no time and there's no space. It doesn't matter to them. It, it doesn't matter to the guides and the allies there. It doesn't matter to the, our souls that are there. It doesn't matter at all. They're not connected to that. They don't care. So um, I even have learned, you know, when I do these ceremonies now that they travel in all directions in time. The effects of them travel in all directions in time. So what happens during the ceremonies often, people will say, that's so weird because for the past two weeks, those specific things have been coming up and been like, you know, either agitating me or like suddenly easier than I ever thought they would be. And it's like, well, that's why, like this, this is the moment we're experiencing it in linear time, but your whole soul is experiencing it and it has no time or space. And then it continues for weeks after the ceremony to be affecting them and to be helping them integrate and release trauma and, and release all kinds of old things. And so it's become this really powerful thing over time. At the beginning, I was again, I was like, well, if somebody wants to try this, let's do this. It's, you know, free. And then I realized it was effective for them. I was like, okay, well then let's try it like this. And it's just grown the more I do it. So as even though I've had so many teachers, I've had so much experience, this has really become its own thing that's kind of uh, morphed from all the traditions that I've ever practiced, which is, is also interesting. Um, but I also now do one-on-one -on -one sessions with people where I call a guidance session. So if they just have like questions for their guides and their allies, it's kind of like a psychic channeling session uh, where they can receive answers and receive um, and sometimes some interesting things come through like past life stuff or even deceased people. I'm not a traditional medium, but uh, people who have passed on sometimes come pop in for a guided sessions. Oh. So so th things are expanding all of the time, which is true, I think, I for anyone who has gifts. You know, they it, it just does. It just grows. <laughs> right. Have you ever gotten a message and you're like, oh, in your head? Uh, I don't want to tell them that. Oh, geez, no. Or it's like super personal, like, uh, that's a little ichnay on the tite, you know, or whatever. <laughs> what did you just say? No. <laughs> what was that pig Latin that you just used? We shall never repeat this again. <laughs> yeah, something like super personal, oh, you know, or like, like, oh, I'm, I don't want to. <laughs> I am clipping that out, and we're, that won't be the last time you hear that, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I've oh, got God. several of those types of clips from Britt, by the way. He does not always <laughs> yes, think yes, before he, he speaks. I no, I, I'm, I'm a stream of conscious, no filter person. But what do you do when you get something that's so personal or so inappropriate that, I mean, it, it makes sense between said person that's chatting and that, but for you to articulate it, I was like, well, this ain't, wh wh how do you deal with that? Well, I remember I was a teacher for 14 years, uh, and so I had a lot of oh, practice okay. dealing with that very <laughs> ranging all the way from like the disgusting to the completely inappropriate to every, because that's what kids do. They just like, let's take everything to the limit. Um, so I have a lot of, of, of experience dealing with sensitive subjects with people in an appropriate way, but it is sometimes, uh, sometimes I'm like, I don't want to say that to someone. For example, what I'm going to say might be the reason that they end up leaving their partner of 20 years, right? Do I want to be yeah. any part of that, right? Um, but I finally accepted it doesn't come through unless it needs to be communicated. 
there's all kinds of things I'm never going to know about that person. Those things didn't come through, right? This is the thing that came through and it came through because the person needs to hear it. And I also have accepted, I'm not responsible for what anyone does with what comes through. So if they, for example, do leave their partner, we can all know, we all know this if we really think about it, that wasn't actually why they left their partner. They had been thinking about this, they had been dealing with this for some time, and this was the moment where they finally got to really accept it in their conscious mind. That's all that really happened. It wasn't even really to do with me at all. So I've accepted that too, that it's not my responsibility in that way. At the same time, I take a deep responsibility in my duty to be very fair, very balanced, and very sure about how I present things to people when they're that delicate. If that makes sense. I'm so sorry. Prince Pig Latin has me cracking up and I can't control myself. I just You're trying to decode it. I, I, oh, I don't have to go far because it was pretty clear <laughs> what he was saying. And I posted it in chat and people are having a ball with it. Um, I'm sorry. So I apologize for this interruption, but I'm, my eyes are watering. I'm laughing so hard. That's part of the problem here. Listen, we don't have you for much longer. I can keep going. No, I, you always can. We don't have, uh, Lindsay, we don't have you for much longer. And I want to ask you about this alien and UFO interaction because you've had some of that as well, right? And how does that tie into all this? A lot of people think they're the same energies and the same interdimensional type of beings uh, versus some type of aliens from other planets, although they could be that too. What are your thoughts on all that? And how has it affected you? Yeah, that's exactly what I think. I have a couple experiences when I was younger before I invoked Jesus and welcomed him into my heart, where I believe that it's possible that I was being physically abducted. And I don't know if that was by aliens. That's what I thought. That's what I would have thought. I did seem to have implants. That seems to go along with the story. But I also know that those oftentimes are associated with people of military families and military descent, and that perhaps it's more human than anything else. And maybe some exotic technologies are going along with that. That. So I don't really know for sure what that was all about. The other series of experiences I've had since I was young until continuing till today uh, are what people might call UFOs. They're lights in the sky most often. Uh, most often they're at night, although I've seen them plenty of times in the day. I've seen them up close and far away. Um, I've seen them morph into various objects and shapes, and I've come to understand that they don't have an objective shape and they don't have a physical uh, presence in the way that we think of physical stuff. Um, they are interdimensional beings, uh, as far as I could tell. Uh, that's what they also indicate about themselves. And they're similar to what we would call angels or demons. They just can appear in so many ways, right? They can appear as a black cloud of nothingness at your bedside, or they can appear as a bright, shiny light off in the distance in the sky, or as I, literally anything else they want to appear as, as far as I can tell. So interdimensional, jinn, angels, demons, aliens, light beings, uh, these are all one sort of category to me. And I know, again, that'll start some fights with some people because people are very, very attached to their, yeah, no, their conception of what this is. You're right <laughs> about that, but I'm also hearing uh, this type of explanation or theory, uh, if you will, um, more often. So I think more people are starting to make those connections. And it's it's making sense to me. I mean, I, I, I listen to all sides. I have a lot of guests on the program and a lot of different theories and ideas, and I love hearing them all. Uh, but then you start to weave it together and you start to come up with some conclusions. And this is starting to make a lot more sense.
Yeah, and I really, I, I leave room for all of it because I don't pretend to know the entirety of the universe, right? I just know my experiences and what they seem to indicate. And that's why I also say things like, it seems that way so far, and that's what, you know, that's what is indicated. But I, I've i realized, too, that a lot of what I, you know, when I'm interacting with these beings, they're psychic, if you want to call it that. They understand what you're thinking, and they can respond to it and react to it, and they can even communicate back if you can receive. Uh, and so if you want, if you wanted to do that, you could. Uh, but I also now have realized that I, I channel them through uh, in my writing. And so I've recently been uh, doing that more. In fact, I've been asked to, and, and like I said, told to do so. So I've done what I was told uh, and sat down to write. My most recent book is The Key of Transformational Healing. And it's very short, very sweet, uh, and it's very powerful and very profound. And what happened, um, I'll try to keep it brief, but I was driving and my phone came up with a and a reminder, and the reminder said, consider writing the key of transformational healing. And I had never put that reminder in my phone as far as I knew, um, but there it was. And this is, a, oh, wow. again, another thing that happens to me all throughout my life is electronics do weird things and things that don't make sense. So I think it's easier for these beings to manipulate our electronics, you know, because of those fields we were talking about and the electromagnetic frequencies. So as far as I can understand, someone, one of them put that in my phone. And so I said, well, I guess I'm supposed to consider writing the key of transformational healing, whatever that is. So I sat down at the computer and I I type things I don't handwrite them sorry for all you purists out there and so I sat down to write it and I also okay what is this supposed to be and I thought I would just kind of get ideas because I've written fictional novels in this way before which I later understood as a form of sort of channeling where things would just sort of come to me in vision and in whatever but this was different this was like a pure word-for-word -word messages coming through so I just typed out like a stenographer oh, wow. what I was understanding in my mind and this is the book that came out uh and it's it blew my mind i was like oh wow like some of this <laughs> I did that. Cool. yeah <laughs> so and people will say that like you wrote this book and i'm like i don't think i did i just stenographered <laughs> this i just been, like midwifed this book so um the book is the key of transformational healing and i love it it's it is channeled it is profound it is very deep if you're a spiritual seeker at all i'd say it's a great read but i also want to promote this uh all endings are beginnings because it's also channeled in a similar way. I just didn't necessarily know it actually at the time um, because it, these were the endings to each of my shows I do every week. Uh, and people would always comment like, wow, those endings are so great. And I was like, yeah, I should take them and put them together in a book. And, you know, every time I wrote one of these endings for my shows, it would always just so happen to perfectly encapsulate like everything we had talked about, even though I don't script my show, just like you guys don't necessarily script your show. You have an idea, but you're not sure what we're going to end up talking about, right? Well, you never know what so Brit's going to say. So, you do, you know, we have, yes. to, we have to roll with it. <laughs> Ixnay on the titay. <laughs> hey, they said where you can we, put it on a shirt. Where can we get your books at? Um, you can get Ooh, them from me. Oh, I got to make a new shirt. Ixnay yeah. on the titay? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's going to be a shirt. Uh, <laughs> so you can sorry. get it. Oh, I'll just add. Well, that's okay. I'll just add with all endings or beginnings that it's a great oracle. You can ask it a question and open to a page, and it will give you the answer. So if you don't want to learn tarot or all these Ooh. things, this is a really, really good book to have. Um, so they're both they're both really great if you want to buy them. They are on my site at rogueways.org. You can get them directly from me, and I write a little inscription for you. Or you can get them at Barnes & Nobles or Amazon or wherever you like to buy books. 
I was going to ask you because I know you have more than those two books. Um, in, or some fiction? Is that what you said earlier that you wrote some fiction as well? Yeah, so I have two fictional novels of the trilogy done, and there's one more coming. Uh, and so um, those are also available on my site or anywhere that books are sold. Uh, and those are really fun reads if you're into the idea, especially of the Yuga cycle, the golden age, dark age, golden age, dark age, you know, that's 26,000 years and repeating over and over again. The, these books are going into those. So they're set very far apart. So you can read them in any order, actually, but they are all interconnected. And uh, a lot of folks in our chat room, because I see we're basically out of time here, but a lot of folks in the chat room have asked, how can I get in touch with Lindsay? I'd love to have a reading. Uh, we've put the website up. I'm assuming that's the best way, but offer it again in any other way you, you think that uh, people uh, should look up your work or follow what you're doing. Yeah, rogueways.org is the best way. It is rogueways as in pathways, not as in ocean waves, so rogueways. And uh, if you go there, there's a, you know some links at the top and some easy ways to get to the place where you can just pick which spiritual service you want and schedule it, uh, and it's all taken care of easy peasy. There's a contact form, so if you just want to ask some questions or talk to me a little bit about what might be best for you, you can do that too. Um, and... Oh, there was one more thing I was going to add right then, but I don't remember what it is. Did it's you say Did you site, say that so. if, if someone was interested in scheduling a reading, they could do that through the website? And how far out are you? I mean, because, you know, um, how, how yeah. far do you schedule out? I'm usually a couple weeks out. Every once in a while it gets pretty backed up and it's like a month or so. But, you know, if that were true and you were in some like desperate need and you felt like you really wanted to get in sooner, I usually have a few windows where I can kind of plot people um, that I keep open for those types of things. So that's possible too, but it is on the site is the best way to schedule. What I wanted to say that I just remembered is right when we're done with this, I'll go make a coupon um, and I'll call it Beyond Reality. Is that good? For us, actually call it uh, yeah. Paranormal IRL, Paranormal IRL. Paranormal. Yeah, we've changed the, we've rebranded the show, uh, um, we've gotcha. morphed from, from Beyond Reality to Paranormal IRL. So if everyone wants to wait, you know, at least like five minutes or so after we're done, I'll, I'll get that coupon uh, up and we'll give a little discount for your for your beautiful listeners out there. Well, thank you. So again, if they go to your site and they and they book a session if, and you'll have this, this uh, promo code on there, Paranormal IRL, and they'll get a little yep. discount. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, that's exactly. very that's very well, generous of you. Thank you. Oh, oh I should say, thank you. I actually can't take a discount off the sessions. I just realized because they're done through a different way. I can offer you a discount on any of the orgone, the medicine bags, the books, okay. and anything else I sell on the site itself. But the it's a different system that I use for the scheduling for the sessions, uh, and I can't do discounts on that. So I'm sorry. So, well, that's okay. <laughs> so, so discount on, on products and stuff that you, you're selling on the site, but you can't do the, the sessions. By the way, Victoria in our um, Foxhole chat uh, asking about the question of the website, uh, the spelling. It's rogueways, R-O-G-U-E-ways, W-A-Y-S dot org, right? Did I get Absolutely. it right? Absolutely, yep. All yes, right. you nailed it. Perfect. Uh, Lindsay, you are uh, a treat to have on the show. Thank you so much for being here. And like I said, you know, I've got this list of things and we, we didn't even get through like two. So uh, <laughs> we have a lot more to talk about. So I'm hoping you'll agree to come back at some point. Um, we'll have our producer reach out, but I'd love to go down some of these other paths with you as well. Oh, yes. I will come back anytime. You guys are a hoot to hang out with. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for putting, putting up uh, our sometimes warped sense of humor, but we try to make it fun as well as oh, interesting. We share that. We're, we're all in good company here. Yeah. That's perfect. That's perfect. That's perfect. Once oh, again, once oh, again, once we should do, we should do a Friday night drinking show with her. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, I don't 
drink. I'm sorry. I know. I'm a weirdo. No, it's, it's that's I better. I don't drink either. <laughs> I'm just naturally a dork. So. All right. All right. Shots Brett, I'm trying to let Lindsay go here. I'm trying to let her go. I've Are said you? goodbye three times. And I <laughs> like her so much I don't want her to leave. All right. Anyway, thank you again, Lindsay. It's rogueways.org. So we will see you again, I promise. And take care of yourself until then. Awesome. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Brett, I, when I'm saying goodbye, you got to let me say goodbye. I mean, uh, you no, know. <laughs> I don't want her to go. Ixnay she on was the Today, <laughs> come on. She laughed at it. That's my kind of girl. <laughs> you had no idea what was coming out of your mouth when she, she did, did that. No, I don't. I don't even speak pig Latin. <laughs> but she didn't recoil. She laughed uh, and she rolled with it. She's the perfect guest. Thank goodness she has a good sense of humor. <laughs> That's all I can say. Because I could yes. not stop laughing after that. <laughs> I, was, I was dying over here. And but I didn't I want always, to be insulting I, because I wasn't laughing uh, at Lindsay. I was laughing at what you said. I just couldn't stop. Uh, you know, I don't get to ask those questions, but I always wonder. I mean, what happens when they get a message that's, like, completely inappropriate? Because I'm telling you, if I was dead and channeling to my girlfriend type thing, it would be completely inappropriate. Because that's the only way they would know it was really me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, no, I mean, come I, on. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely I right. I don't, <sighs> I don't get to talk to people like that, like this too often, so I always I got to ask the crazy questions. Yeah, that wasn't a crazy well, question. That wasn't not a crazy question at all. I've asked that question a thousand times of psychics. You know what happens when you get a message that's bad news or uncomfortable? You see that somebody's going to die. Somebody's going to, you know, what do you do? Uh, you know, and. Yeah, what do you do with that? So. I was more about the sexual stuff and, you know, like, uh, I saw you banging my best, you know, whatever. Those kind of messages. <laughs> Why do you just, you just kind of shy away from it? I'm not going there, but she answered it. Yeah. It's like, ah, if, if it's being said, they got to know. What an amazing story, too. And I love anyway. her awakening. I love the fact that she was, I mean, I don't know. She might still be very liberal. I don't know. And I don't mean to be, be too political here. But the fact she was a communist, you know, she took all that energy I know, it's great. And, 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 and applied it to a political path and then realized, wait a minute, that's, that's, all, that's all garbage. But I can take that same energy and those same experiences and apply it to the spiritual path. And uh, that was, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a pretty I, cool transition. She would be interesting on the other show just to see what her take is on life. Because she called the COVID yeah. stuff shenanigans. Yeah. Did you I see, think she would fit? Did right you see in. what I texted you though? I, I really think that it's it's Trish with longer hair. Trish from uh, Independence. Band I thought it was with I thought it was hair. Trish's cousin. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was Trish's cousin. She's so it was like when she, she first started talking, like I was going Yeah. Very, very yeah. similar. That's what I was when she started talking, I was like uh, uh, where's Trish at? Yeah. Is she in here somewhere? Yeah, isn't that funny? I thought it was Trish. That was cool. That oh, was neat. that would be a hoot. That would be, that was really cool. Anyway. Oh, my God. What a trip. Yeah. yeah we definitely, and, and she could, and, and she talked, not, she talked more than me, and that's hard to do. And it was, I was like riveted. I didn't want to talk. Well, the nice, thing the, about, the nice thing about the nice thing about her t uh, talking is that unlike you, she actually made complete sentences, and that was kind of neat. That was kind of a treat for, for yes. me. <laughs> well, but come sentences. on, she was a teacher for fourteen years. Yeah, that's true. Words are my second language. That's I mean, true. that's all true. That's all true. Yeah, no. What yeah, not? True. Do we all have trivia? Yeah. I didn't say what. No, not. you didn't. I just felt like we needed one. It's kind of a, oh, okay, it's kind good. of become an exclamation point. Did you notice when she said she was like, oh, 
She said what not, and then she went on. Like she before you hit the button, she was like in a quick 13 second back and forth about the whatnot word. I know. She was self-censoring it. And I want I want to make it do this. What not? But I got I can't I gotta make it so it's automatic because I can't do it manually. What not? Oh boy. (laughs) Have that pop up with the whatnot every time. Oh, man. Okay, yeah, I do have some trivia here because Scooter's asking. Um, yeah, a lot of people in chat are recognizing. The promo code sh- should have been whatnot. I know, I know. that uh, Sergeant Peterson said that in our in our, uh, in our Foxhole chat. Yeah, I just saw that. Ay, ay, ay. Um, <sighs> okay, so let's do a couple trivia questions to keep Scooter happy. We like to have Scooter happy. Uh, are you ready? Are you ready to test your... Your knowledge of this sounds stupid. Yeah, I'm ready. World. You know, we should have done the we should have done the trivia questions with the teacher mm-hmm. on the show. She would have been smart and and answered them. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe do that. Naughty or trivia. No, I don't. I don't was. have any naughty trivia. Um, what I do have is the <laughs> trivia <laughs> trivia of the day calendar that we are now on August second of twenty twenty one. So we're making progress, catching up. Here we go. First. Brittle Ace, the naughty trivia, probably. Uh, Here we are, the first question. Probably. Yeah. What club dating back to 1904 is headquartered at a Jacobian Jacobian revival mansion known as the Lowell Thomas Building in New York City? What club dating back to 1904 is headquartered at a Jacobian revival mansion known as the Lowell Thomas Building in New York City? Uh, That would be the comedy club. The comedy club, just some random comedy club mm-hmm. that was founded in 1904. No, no, it's not a random. No, I mean, no, no, it's the actual comedy. It's where they used to do all the roasts out with, uh, you know, Dan, uh, Jerry, Lee Lewis, Jerry Lewis, and uh, Jerry Lee Lewis. You know, yeah. Who's the one? The, the I would say Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lewis. <clears throat> um, they used to do the roast there. At, mm-hmm. at, uh, it's a comedy club. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's they call a it a comedy, comedy club, club or the comedy club. And is the, the comedy, comedy club, club a club? Because this this is a club, not just something named a club. Yeah, no, it's a club. You have to join it. Yeah, where they used to do those roasts. You can't at. just go. You have the to join it. Phyllis Diller. Oh yeah, Phyllis yeah, Diller. Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Frank Sinatra. Yeah. yeah, the whole Rat Pack, all those and guys. You, I was I was watching a clip from the roast, and it was uh, it was Don Rickles roasting, and it was you know he was Frank the best. Said, yeah. And, Oh man, he got up. And Frank Sinatra got up and walked over and just put his hands on Rickles. Just oh, you're gonna be so dead later. <laughs> you know, it was, God, the chairman was of the board. It was amazing. Man. Yeah, the chairman of the board saying you're gonna be dead later. Wow. Um, wow. But man, that was that was about two weeks ago. As well. I was going down that the comedy club because I wanted to be laugh at stuff. But man, the stuff they said to each other back then would not be able to get away with it today. Oh no! Oh man! It was oh my! But it was so uh, funny. It's what made it so funny. It was just so no holds oh. barred. It was fantastic. So as far as oh, guesses go, we've insane. got uh, let's see here, um, Playboy Club, Friars, Friars Club, Club Rudy, it was Cotton Club, Friars Club was the comedy club. Yeah, Peabody Club, Rudy, Toastmasters, Peabody Club. Wait, wasn't the Peabody? Isn't that a cartoon character? That's Sherman and Peabody. Peabody and Sherman, or Sherman, Sherman yeah, that's the dog and the boy, my boy Sherman. I'm I'm Peabody, my boy Sherman, and the Wayback Machine, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and, okay. And Lala, La, La, Doug, and Randall all went with Friars Club. Alan went with Friars Club. That's the club. That's the comedy club. Okay. So the question is, what club, club dating back to 1904 is headquartered in a Jacobian revival mansion known as the Lowell Thomas Building in New York City? Now, I used to uh, – actually, I didn't belong to it. My company belonged to the New York Athletic Club, and it's it was in a big – mansion-like place right on Central Park South. And that's where we used to stay when we went to New York for business trips at the uh, New York Athletic Club. So that's the only club that I have any real uh, understanding of in New York. Pretty cool place. Anyways, and the answer is, ooh, okay, well, nobody got this. Nobody got this one. The Weirdo Club, that's probably more appropriate, Sergeant Peterson. It's the Explorers Club, Britt. It was founded in 1904 by some of the era's most prominent polar explorers. The mansion, which is open to the public, holds many artifacts and curiosities from various world ex- explorations or expeditions. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. This one you're definitely going to get. You ready? Oh, boy. And by definitely, I mean you don't have a shot. Um, yeah. In 1876... A West Virginian man named Virgil A. Gates took out a patent for a curious invention. What was it? For a curious invention? In 1876, a West Virginian man named Virgil A. Gates took out a patent for a curious invention. What was it? What was the year? 1876. 18, that was the year you were born, right? Yeah, that was the year I was born, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right, no, two, two, year, two years after you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 18, so is, is, is the saying a curious invention, is the word curious, is that, is that some kind of weird hint? It might or, be. It might be. I don't know. It's no, nothing I mean, special about it on the, you know, it's not like in italics or something here. It's just regular, but it says in 1876, a West Virginian man named Virgil A. Gates took out a patent for a curious invention. What was it? Uh, Could it be like a microscope or a telescope? Uh, They had microscopes and telescopes before 1876. I mean, unless there's a special kind. But were there patents in? I mean, well, they were always developing and making new stuff. Um, I'm going to, that's what I'm going to go. I'm going to go with something. It's some kind of like a. Some kind of, something for research, like a telescope or a microscope, something like that. That's what I'm going Magnifying with. Magnifying glass? Yeah, I, well, I mean, I think that's pretty basic. But, you know, like like the way that the, the mechanism within the scope tubular thing or the IP, I mean, all that, it could have been a special way to do it, to be able to see farther or see smaller. Mm-hmm. So he patented it. Mm-hmm. And it's curious. It's for the people who are researching and figuring stuff out. That's okay, so we have uh, answers coming in here. Uh, we've got um, the answering machine, electric motor, binoculars, the mustache shield. The mustache shield? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> um, time machine, refrigerator, something that kills you. Okay. So the question was, in 1876, a West Virginian man named Virgil A. Gates. I wonder if he's related to Bill Gates. Took out a patent yeah. for a curious invention. What was it? And the answer is, Gene had it with a mustache shield. Gene, did you look that up? How would you know that, Gene? 
Uh, the shield. What the hell's a mustache shield? I'm going to tell you right now. The shield, which could be worn over the upper lip and mustache, was intended to prevent mustaches from interfering with eating and drinking. What a what an ingenious idea! What the hell? What an ingenious idea! Oh my god! Yeah, that's amazing. Oh. All right, Lala, I'm going to make a what not shirt tonight. Yeah, and you can find them. Yeah, you can find the merch. Yeah, you can find the merch. uh, If you go to paranormalirl.com and click on the merch tab, you'll you'll find the merch site. All right, one more question, and we are done for tonight. You saw this yesterday, Brian. You saw the mustache shield yesterday, and it's made across the pond. In use? Are you talking about something else? Okay. Last trivia question for the night. Here we go. In the United States. August 4th is a national day for what beloved sweet treat? In the United States, August 4th is a national day for what beloved sweet treat? Hmm. Deep fried Pop-Tarts. Brian says it was on a show on the Travel Channel. That's pretty cool. Is that? Did you see that oh, there, Gene? Uh... Did you say deep fried pop tarts? Is that what you just said? Yeah, I was just at the fair and I they had deep fried pop tarts. I had a deep fried strawberry pop tart. It was amazing. Oh man! Yes, yeah. that and deep fried Oreos. Okay, in the United States, August fourth is a national day for what beloved sweet treat? Scooter says ice cream. Jean's, Foxy lady says Hershey kisses. Jean says dark chocolate. Iowa says s'mores. D says coffee cake. Lala says strawberry shortcake. Rebel says donut. Randall says apple pie. Fridge dweller says corn pops. I wonder if that's a reference to the uh, Biden. One uh, Hershey kisses. You said one yeah. two three says COVID nineteen. <laughs> um, Shove your vac says chocolate chip cookie. All great guesses. I like scooters. I like the ice cream idea. I think that might be might be right. What do you think? Uh, maybe. Could be. Hell, I don't know. Why don't you tell us? You thanks thanks for that. Uh, in the United States, August 4th is a national day for what beloved sweet treat? The answer is... Oh, chocolate chip cookies. Shove your vax had it correct. Chocolate chip cookies today. Wow. Take a moment to be grateful for Ruth Graves Wakefield, who invented the chocolate chip cookie recipe. What's her name? Ruth wow. Ruth Graves Wakefield. Yeah. Yeah, I learned that on that show that talks about the food that made whatever, America, I guess, or what's that show? Yeah, the food that made America. You've learned about the chocolate chip cookie and on the food that made America? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're talking about Famous Amos and uh, oh, the other one, and, but they talked about the original, how the recipe started. Oh, interesting. It was with that lady. So yeah, you- she she ran out of she ran she ran out of uh, cocoa powder, I guess, and she just figured I'll just I'll just uh, shave up these, cut up this little chocolate bar she had, throw it in the mix, and it would melt and ooze, and that's how it didn't melt and ooze, but it made yeah, interesting. Chips. Yeah, you know it's funny that you uh, you because that was on that's on travel. No, it's on History Channel, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- uh, I think you're right. I think it yeah. is History Channel. Yeah. Okay. Uh, great show. Well, when I, the one I watched, they talked about Heinz ketchup, which was a fascinating story. They talked about Coca Cola, another fascinating story. They talked about about McDonald's. Um, that 
story I've heard enough. Uh, what was the other one they did in that? Oh, Kellogg's, which was a great story too. Basically, yeah, I've the watched in, uh, the donuts between Duncan and Krispy Kreme, and uh, that's, a, that's a lot more current. Famous Amos that's the, a lot more current, isn't it? I mean, the Donut yeah. Wars. Yeah, it, it does come to yeah, it's but uh, well, interesting story. I mean, it was pretty cool. I just love those I, yeah, stories famous about Amos is into the seventies. Yeah, I love those stories about the turn of the century inventors and and people who basically gambled everything five times before they hit on something that worked, and then they became. Uh, corporate barons and Heinz is one of all those guys were one of these types of guys. They, yeah. they were bankrupt over and over and they just kept trying and trying and they finally hit something that uh, made them icons, yeah. made them uh, icons in American industry. It's those are pretty cool. Hershey's was another one that was on that show. It's pretty, it's pretty yeah. cool stories. I really, really love those. Yeah, the, uh, They're inspirational because the, you know, today, the, today's society people, you know, instead of, you know, they don't have any whatever. They 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 look to somebody to to you know to support them or whatever. Whether it's the government or, or yep. whatever it happens to be, these people didn't have that option. So they had to be. They just kept working oh. until they came up with something. And they, you know, it's pretty cool stories anyway. Well, but if you think about it, especially the turn of the century stuff, those people couldn't succeed today. Too much no. regulations. They no, would never way, be yeah. able no. to make it happen. Can you imagine? I, mean, uh, I, I like. Heinz in his kitchen making ketchup for the first time and having to deal with the health department of 2020, uh, 2022, you know, oh, yeah. the state health regulation. All that stuff. I mean, yeah, it never would happen. Or or just the whole I, idea of building a factory to to make product. Uh, you know, you, Oh, God, yeah. That, no, today you couldn't do that. Couldn't do you, it. You have to have so much money to do it. If you were a startup making something, it couldn't happen. That's so you I'm, would start up and you would get rolling and then – and then Amazon would just buy you out. Well, that's why whatever. that's why only the large corporations can yeah. do this anymore because they're the only ones that have the resources to to jump all those hurdles. Anyway, we don't want to go down that road tonight. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember Colonel Sanders was another one in that. That's right, fridge dweller. It's fringe. Yeah, I said Sanders. fridge dweller. It's but fringed fringe dweller. <laughs> Not fridge. But the one thing about that show that that I really loved was the Krispy Kreme one, the Krispy Kreme Dunkin' Donut comparison and how they battled it out. But the Krispy Kreme two partners. They were, they were there making it. They would only sell Krispy Kreme to grocery stores. But but the factory workers kept coming and knocking on the door, just wanting, hey, can we buy? Can we buy? And one partner was like, we don't do this. We don't. And the other partner was like, we should sell. I don't know. We'll just, you know, what we only sell to. And the and the, and the, uh, the stoogie guy, they go, oh, no, no guy. He went into his fucking office to do his stuff. I mean, went into his office to do paperwork. And his partner just picked up a sledgehammer and knocked a hole in the wall and made the first drive through or the walk by window and he was selling donuts and that's how they they started he got what are you doing and then he sees money rolling goes oh that's a smart idea but i just loved it because the partner went in and the other partner said i'm not listening you screw you and it starts knocking on the walls i loved it that's similar to the kellogg story by the way i just want to note that we went an hour and a half with a g rating and then during a donut story (laughs) we lost it just if anybody's uh, keeping track. Thank you for the uh, for the cookie, oh. uh, 123RMW and Foxhole. Thanks so much for that, Spinky. We were talking about cookies. That's very, very appropriate. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, Thank you so much for the support. Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, again, go check out the merch page. Go to uh, paranormalirl.com and uh, click on the merch thing there. It'll click through and you'll, you'll see Button. it. Yeah, it's not really a button. It's just w- yeah, the word. Yeah. It's the word. It's a link. Uh, just click on it, and you'll see yeah. that stuff. Um, also, I just want to point out something. Uh, 
we this show is relatively safe on YouTube where other shows that we've done are not. And YouTube just uh, introduced a new feature. Um, it's called, I think it's called Super Thanks. And it's not available during the live show. But anybody watching this video after the fact and would like to contribute to the cause here can click on a super thanks and make that contribution um, at any point. Because once the video is archived, it's there forever, uh, theoretically, and you can make that contribution at any point. As opposed to super chats, which have to be done during the live. What ha what keeps happening that you keep going like look, looking like you're you're in the in the demon hell of spawn red something going on there? I don't know. Uh, can you? Uh, I, like I don't a light touch goes anything, off and all of a like, sudden, my, no, it's my computer. My computer all of a sudden goes from the three screens down to just the laptop, and then I can't see shit. And uh, well, you, yeah, things are going your, off in my head. And just your power settings, probably on the other screens. Um, yeah, uh, Gene, uh, super chats are, are are available here. It's all set up there. If anybody wants to do that too, um, and we do appreciate the the, uh, the contributions because. Um, as Britt's pointed out a bunch of times, the software that we use to do this, and uh, there's a lot of expenses associated with keeping this flowing, and we appreciate the help for that. So thank you to anybody who chooses to help us out. Buying shirts and stuff on the merch page helps as well. It helps as well. And, and you know, and honestly, I mean, JV and I, we're not making, we're not going to take this money and put it in our pockets, you know, and go buy hookers and blow. I figure if we're in the, in the R rating, we'll just go for it. Um, that's not what we're doing. But, you know, we would love to be able to go to some locations and live stream from them a ghosty investigation yeah. or, you know, just looking for a Bigfoot or, you know, what this whole new technology with that Verizon's putting out with this, you know, 5G ultra wide uh, frequency, super fast speeds from your hotspot. We would like to do some of that stuff and actually bring some stuff to the show to you guys that you could go along with us, so to speak. We'll put cameras on us and, you know, kind of like a live thing. And, but again, that all costs money. So. And that's really what we're going to do with it. Oh, Whoa, wow. we just got 1990. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah, no. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Thank you for that. This is a super uh -huh. chat. I don't even know how to say it. Wow. Yeah, no. Thank uh -huh. you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I think, okay, I think, I think that's our first super chat. Oh, D, thank you, too. Wow. See what happens? Okay, our breaks second the ice. super chat. <laughs> Somebody breaks the ice. Oh, my God. <laughs> thank you for that. Well, thank, thank you. you thank you so much. Yes. But that's what we would love to do. We would love to go places and take stuff. And, and Yeah, no, when, you know, when, when you and I decided to, to relaunch this, rebrand Beyond Reality to Paranormal IRL and relaunch this, our objective in addition to doing this show and interviewing people was to get out in the field and do investigations and research and check, yeah. check out cool stuff. I mean, it's not always going to be investigation. It might just be going on location and checking something out and, and, you know, streaming it while we're doing it. Um, we really want to get out in the field and do that kind of thing. Cause that'll be a lot of fun and it's really interesting. And uh, it, you know, gets us out of these, these caves that we're in too, which would be nice. Yes, that would be really nice because the cave is getting a little boring. Uh-oh, oh lose the shirt. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Wait, who who loses the shirt? You, obviously. I think they're asking you. No, I think they're asking for you. No one wants to see my fat body. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank I mean, you. Thank you for that super chat as well. We appreciate it. Uh, we're done for tonight. Uh, we went a little overtime, actually. We try to keep this show a little more concise. But thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. 
and uh, phasing in and out of the dimension, maybe British secret, you know, Bigfoot. That is a great, great theory. I think we might have to investigate that. Uh, yes. Yes. Cecil is love. Like anyway, all right, that's going to do it for today. Again, thanks, everybody, for being here. Thank you for the super chats. Thank you for the contributions <laughs> in Foxhole. Uh, we have another great interview coming up Thursday night. I don't remember who it is, but I do remember it's great. It's going to be fantastic, even. It's going to be wonderful. Are you sure we have somebody? Uh, no. Do we have somebody or not? <laughs> look at the yeah, calendar. I don't know either. I'm actually going to the calendar right now to look. Yeah. Uh... I think we oh do. Oh, God. Don't we? Yeah, I think we do, too. I, I think it's someone really amazing. It is. It's fantastic. That's um, what I was saying. Fantastic. I mean, just a beautiful human being. Um, Oh, I got a... I got my new iPhone, oh, so I'm geez. not signed uh, into anything, so I can't okay. get to it. Well, I can tell yeah, you. Yeah, so I suck. Here. You do. That yeah. was horrible. That was horrible. We've got uh, nobody. Yeah, on, we've really got horrible. nobody on Thursday at this point, so I don't know if we'll. They're end up, amazing. <laughs> they are we'll, amazing. We'll end up uh, putting uh, getting someone in there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll call around. I'll see. What, I'll see if I can get somebody you know half naked to come on. That would be from the waist down. Half naked. That would be amazing. Uh, Ixnay on the titty. <laughs> <laughs> on that note we'll see everybody next time thanks for being here have a great night today the cia ran secret mind control experiments it's a tale of a creature that's been seen by many but believed by few and experts say there have been reported sightings of paranormal activity and there was this creature and it ran down this hill they say something was flying over their house, and they have no idea what it was. How the world's most powerful individuals are actually shape-shifting reptilians. My scariest ghost hunting experience.